Hello friends, my name is Jude Monk McGowan and welcome to Words Fail Me, a podcast about thriving with dyslexia. So today my guest is the actor Charlotte O'Leary. You may have seen her work on the fantasy Netflix series The Witcher or Bang for the BBC. Some actors love film, others TV, but Charlotte's heart is in the theatre. She loves all the work she's done, but in her words, TV and film pay for the work you do in the theatre. She talks about it in the pod, but the visceral and ephemeral nature of the theatre is what makes it so irresistible for her. Having seen her work on stage, I was struck by her immense presence, her intuitive, almost musical grasp of timing, and she's funny, really funny. As always, this is a pod to support the incredible work of the Dyslexia Foundation. Their mission is to unlock the full potential of children and adults with dyslexia so that they can succeed and contribute fully to society. They have done and they continue to do incredible work. They test any adult off the street and teach them to read for free. Everything is free at the point of use. So, just a small disclaimer before we kick off the episode. We recorded this back in March, just as Boris Johnson had announced the roadmap for coming out of lockdowns in the UK. Uh, as things stand, we are still on track to come out of things completely by the 21st of June, but you hear our uh, raw and unfiltered reactions to uh, the announcement uh, in this episode. As you'll no doubt hear, me and Charlotte had a lot of fun recording this episode. I do have to warn you, there is some swearing throughout, She's very funny. Um, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Here it is. Charlotte, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How are you finding things? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we had that um, announcement yesterday, didn't we? So I think uh, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel now, isn't there? For sure, for sure. So... Uh, for those who aren't in the UK, um, we had an announcement yesterday from our glorious leader, uh, Boris Johnson, um, and in his wisdom, <laughs> he has declared that um, life will be pretty much back to normal on the 21st of June, which has precipitated so many memes about like what people are going to do oh, in Weatherspoons, which is like a budget <laughs> pub or bar um, for you Americans, where you can, you can get wasted pretty quickly. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I think the scenes in every town centre across Britain will be pretty messy come the 21st of uh, June. Yeah, for sure. These memes are ridiculous though, aren't they? I think it's (laughs) it's too optimistic. It's like, chill out, everyone. (laughs) Exactly. I think you're right. I think you're right. But uh, you're also right in that it has um, put a definite date on it. It feels like... um, part of what was so demoralizing about this the last couple months was a the weather but b we just didn't know when it was going to end well yeah yeah absolutely it was like no man's land we're just like in this limbo of what the hell and especially when you see all the other countries like getting on with their lives and in australia they don't even have to wear bloody masks like oh, do you know don't. what i mean come on yeah. like how have we done this <laughs> so yeah so yeah no you're right the date feels good but yeah you know yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've got pals in Australia. They're back working. Oh, really? They're back in theatres. Um, yeah. They're teaching classes. Uh, they're going to cinemas. Equally, 
I literally just um, was speaking to a friend who's in Norway and she's doing full contact. She's a dancer. She's doing full contact dancing. What? I feel like we're like a million miles away from that. Like, you know, and he's he's like, yeah, not even social distancing from June, innit? June the 21st. I'm like, what? Surely, surely not. Like, I know. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm no expert. It just uh, when you've been in it for so long, you like and you like. Okay, no hope, no hope. You know, then when there's loads of hope, you're like, wait, what? What? I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mad, That's mad times. How, how have you found it? Are you all you kept yourself busy or? Well, I'm very grateful for this. I'm very grateful for the opportunity to you know talk to people yeah, like yourself, um, to connect with people and talk about how they found it, but you know also talk about. Um, the things that they do, um, and that's that's a real yeah. privilege. So that's been great, and I'm also a PT outside of acting. So, oh, are um, you? Yeah, I've still been Wicked. able to train that's people one on one at a distance, nice. of course, uh, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's been nice. That's that's really been um, a lifesaver. My so Jess, my girlfriend, she um, up until recently was doing a publisher's job, and. You know, she was just seeing people through Zoom and I could see it was a real yeah. slog for her because she couldn't get out and see people. You know, she couldn't yeah, um, socialise. Yeah, we need it, man. That's what, that's what we like, you know, that's what we're made for, isn't it? Like human contact, human connection is the weirdest time ever. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody, I often think of myself as a bit of a, um, uh, not recluse, but somebody, I, I, I get a great deal of energy from from being by myself. Uh, okay. But even even me, I'm like, no, no, no. You're, you're completely right. I I need to socialise with people. Um, I'm really missing um things I never yeah. thought I would miss. Like you know, yeah, being at being at See, a house party I, past I, I, one a.m. Yeah, yeah, just little simple things, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm gonna like everything's gonna be allowed out again, and I'm gonna miss this time. Do you know what I mean? Even though it's been yeah. like, sorry, can I swear on this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I didn't want you to be like, you know. Um, But yeah, even though like, um, what was I saying? Yeah, even though it's been fucking dark, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I'm going to be like, oh my God, remember when we just sat on the sofa and watched Netflix and we didn't even like, you know, leave the fucking house? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'll probably, I'll probably crave it. I'll probably crave it. I think you will, you know, because I... Nothing is is wholly one thing, you know. Nothing is completely terrible, and nothing's completely good, you know. Yeah, exactly. Invariably, you can be having a yeah. great time, and then you know someone might pass away that you love, or you know you could yeah, be yeah yeah you could be doing a wonderful show, and other things in your life could be could be really difficult. I really and should. That, yeah, yeah. I think I you're right. That. And we, all, we right. also we like as humans we always want what we can't have or we always completely like you know like romanticize how things were like i can imagine like maybe talking to my kids about this time and being like well you know just stayed at home and you know got out <laughs> of bed we opened the laptop worked like yeah. i don't know how much we're going to or whether or whether we'll do the opposite and be like oh it was awful i wasn't in the theater for a year <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah probably do a bit of both. Like, but we do romanticising massively. Well, I think you know, there's a, the lesson is there is, is to have some level of nuance. You know, a greater understanding mm-hmm. of yourself. That, as you say, like there's a part of being human which is never being fulfilled. And, yeah, yeah. And and, and going <clears throat> no, actually, what I have is is pretty good. You know, 
Yeah, um, for sure. Appreciating the things you do have and not, you know, feeling so much like there's there's a, a hole, there's a lack of something, which is, you know, that that's, I, I feel like where we are collectively is there's a great sense mm. of, oh, if, if only I'll have this thing, I'll be perfect. Or if, if only Absolutely. that went for me. I, yeah. And being being an actor, it's way too tempting. And it's just where I think people fall into that existential dread, you know. When you don't have a job, yeah. you're like, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. You know, I don't... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to be working. I, I'm only valuable if I'm working. Self-worth, absolutely. And I, I'm reading um, Matt Haig's book at the moment, uh, Notes of a Nervous Planet. And oh, um, yes. he, he sort of touches on, on this, actually. And he's just like, there's just this, like, sheer rat race we're in of, like... You know, want always wanting more, always wanting more money. You know, technology like has a massive part to play in that, of course. And he talks about it loads, but it is. It's like sometimes we're like we move so fast that we can't even like sit back and like appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, completely. Like it's just you can't just yeah. So it, it in some ways it has been nice to go oh, okay, I feel like this. So, like, hyper-aware of yourself. But, you know, it's good. It's yeah. good to look inwards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think mm. um, lots of people in this time have, have got into meditation and, and um, parts of CBT, um, yeah. which which is wonderful as a practice. I would encourage anybody to do it, certainly if you feel a yeah. level of anxiety or depression. I've, I was very anxious a few years ago and I did a CBT course and it, and it really helped because it, it, it does help you to to sit uh, with yourself and yeah. just try and be in this moment, um, however painful or uncomfortable it might be, because that really sets you up for when things are better, because then you can be present and enjoy those things. Cause yeah, absolutely. It's not waiting for it to get bad, isn't it? It's not like waiting to get that anxiety or, or and then dealing with it. It's like dealing with it, dealing with it when you're well or dealing with it when you're when you're busy and yeah it's yeah. true exactly i mean you don't you don't fix your house when it's raining you know you you fix the roof when uh, when the sun is shining you know? oh my god i love that that's such a good analogy is that the right word but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like that you don't fix the roof when it's raining nice well that's it i mean i that only really came home for me when when i was anxious and it was like oh okay, yeah. oh, oh wow i have to I'm going to have to take some steps to try and invest as much of my mental sort of bandwidth in the present moment, you know, little things. It yeah. becomes about, I think Matt Haig talks about this, like even washing up or even, you know, making sure that when you eat, you take the time to stop and appreciate how it tastes. Your food, um, yeah, of course, yeah. Because because these things all, they accumulate into your enjoyment of life. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely, it's important. Yes. Um, well, I can guess where you hail from in the world, but you know, for everybody <laughs> else who might be ignorant, um, where are you from, Sean? I am from Wales, South Wales, neath, neath the Talbot area. Um, Wonderful. For everyone who doesn't know that, it's in between Swansea and Cardiff. So yeah, little Welshy. Yes, I, I know you're a Welsh speaker. I, I'm not actually, no. Like, right. I know, like, really basic stuff that I can remember from, like, doing my GCSEs. And I wish I was a fluent speaker, but I'm not. The South really don't do it like that. They don't, um, yeah. we, they, it's not massive. Like, you go North Wales and everyone speaks it. But yeah. um, 
and and like you have to learn it for GCSEs like you know you you have to do it for GCSEs but yeah no I, otherwise than that I don't know yeah um I went to drama school with uh a Welshie who does speak he must uh, yeah I think he is North Walian um, oh yeah and it felt like it was just a part of a community of of Welshies in London who all spoke Welsh to each other Oh, wow. I'd love to have been around that. Mm. <laughs> there is a big Welsh community in London, actually. I feel like lots of uh, lots of Welsh people are here, especially actors. Yes. Well, I went completely. to I went to um, Royal Welsh College, so, I mean, I feel like I know more Welsh actors than, than, than not, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how was that? How was that as an experience? So training, Royal Welsh, Cardiff? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It was, yeah, like the best three years of my life really um I left I left college and I went straight to drama school when I was 18 oh um, wow yeah I know I didn't I didn't really to be honest I didn't have a clue what I was doing I just sort of left college knew that I didn't want to do because I did musical theatre at college I knew that I didn't want to do musical theatre I just sort of liked the acting bit of it not a great dancer, not a great singer. Um, yeah, so then and like my friend, she played the harp and uh, she got into Royal Welsh and we were doing panto um, at college and um, she was like, why don't you apply? And I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, I could do, yeah. And she was like, yeah, well, you know, the deadline's today, like you need to apply. So in the interval of the pantomime, I went and I applied for Royal Welsh <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah the rest is history like <laughs> wow that's that's great no time like the present okay i know eh? i'm gonna apply <laughs> yeah it was um it was mad really i obviously like auditioned for some others but i didn't really know i didn't really know what they were i didn't really know what it was like i was just a bit like oh right okay everyone just seems to do this so i'm just gonna do this and just hope for the best um yeah and then, oh wow! And so then, yeah, I got in. But is I'm guessing acting's always been something in your life up until that point yeah. that, you, that you were interested in. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because I've always done it. I've done like youth theatre since I was like tiny, um, and then when I went to school, my school didn't have any like a drama. Um, like you couldn't do it for GCSEs or anything. It what I think it was extracurricular at one point but it was really not a thing when I went to school and it really wasn't like um yeah they just Catholic school not really passionate about it um or for whatever reason they didn't do it so I sort of just did the I just did it outside of school and then I didn't do well I did okay in my GCSEs but I was like well I can't do fucking A-levels because it was just I don't know not not my thing didn't know what I wanted to do so I was like, okay, I go to Neath College. And I was like, well, the acting, people didn't really talk about the acting strand as much in Neath College. So everyone sort of went and did musical theatre. And I was like, okay, like I've done musical theatre before. Let's give it a go. And I enjoyed it <laughs> and it was good. <laughs> I know, I just, this is just sounding like, yeah, I just always go along with the flow. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I went, and then I went to college and I did musical theatre and I liked it. But um, yeah, I was never... I was never that triple threat, like, do you know what I mean? I feel like you've got to be completely disciplined in all aspects of that. And I, I just wasn't. I just um I just knew I wanted to act. 
So, yeah. yeah. And then I applied through, through some drama schools and then got, yeah, got into Royal Welsh. Yeah. So, so yeah, it has always been in my life and I've always loved it and I've always enjoyed it. But um, it was never, it was never an option to sit down and go, are you going to be an actor then, are you? It just, it just, I never made that decision. I never just went, yeah, I'm going to do it until I was two years into drama school. And I was like, fuck it, now, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but, but when did it take root? You know, when was the moment that you were like, oh, this is it, man? Was it because for me, it's, it wasn't one thing. It was a number of things coming together for me. It was like three things. Um, right, was, okay. it, was it a show for you that you were like, Hang on, this is, no, this is it. I think when I was in Neath College, they did cabaret and I played Sally Bowles and I wasn't oh, nice. a very good singer. I mean, I'm well, so I'm obviously... You don't have to be a great singer. No, exactly. This is it though, innit? Like I watched, um, I watched Jane Horrocks' performance on YouTube yeah. <laughs> and Which I was like, great, oh, oh my God, how amazing is it? Alan, Alan Cummings is, is just next yeah. level. Um, oh, stunning. Unbelievable. That's Sam Mendes, isn't it? At the uh, yeah, Warehouse. Yeah. Uh -huh, I saw yeah. that. I saw that. Oh man, five years ago um, on Broadway. Uh, oh, he did played you? It again. And Michelle Williams was supposed to play Sally Bowles. And oh, interesting. She got she got panned for it. Basically, she just didn't do a good job, and oh, she walked away, but didn't say she'd walked away. And the understudy was on when I saw it. Um, okay. Because and was it was it a good 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 production of it? Because I feel like you can get it really wrong. It was the same. So Sam Mendes again. Oh, um, oh, okay. But he'd sort of they changed it. So it was in Studio Fifty. Is it Fifty Two or Fifty Four? So the legendary disco club. Oh, I um, see. Studio Fifty Four in New York, which in the seventies and eighties was like the place it was wild. But they have changed it into a. Um, it's not on Broadway, but it's it's not too far away from Broadway. But say it's it's a venue now for shows, and they'd essentially it was like a big burlesque club, so you could ha have burlesque tables, you know, just like they do in or they did even in in the thirties in Berlin, thirties and twenties, yeah. and so they changed it for the space. But it was Alan Cummings again, which was you know you you pay that money for it. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was sensational. Yeah. I mean, I love that musical, it's class. Um, yeah, no, I so I watched that and then I was like, oh, I can get away with this. Like, she she's not a great singer in this production. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Jane Horrocks. She, she um, screams one of the numbers, doesn't she? Yeah, well, she yeah. She screams cabaret. Like, yeah, but when I watched that, I literally, I was like, I am up for this. And um, yeah, once I did that show and I like, like, it was the first show where I was the lead part and, like, feeling that, like, audience reaction of just finding you fucking hilarious because the part <laughs> is, like, written so amazingly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that show confirmed that I wanted to do acting. But I guess what made me want to be... I guess it was just once I was in drama school, like, my first, my first term, I was just, like fuck I don't know I was like a, I'm just here I'm like doing it and it's like improv and it's really full on and I wasn't I probably wasn't ready <laughs> at all really um and yeah. then once like after that Christmas and you go back for that term and you just you are settled a bit more 
and like you know you've got your friends and I was just a bit more like oh yeah this is this is it like and you t- you're around actors all the time you're talking about it all the time um and I, and then I just fell in love with it and and sort of was like oh right this is where this this is going to take me do you know what I mean um I sort of then realized what what drama school does for you which it's mad because, you know, so many people know that before they go. They know... they. I didn't even know what a fucking agent was. Like, I remember being in, in like, in second year and then they were talking about agents. I was like, what are you all on about? I don't, I don't get what... I didn't even know what... A, I didn't know what a casting director was. Nothing. Genuinely nothing. Um, so, yeah. So then I had a lot of learning to do, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, 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 I mean, in my opinion girls have a uh, more of an emotional maturity than dudes so certainly they, they yeah true they, i think they have to they have to grow up um yeah quicker than boys do um but do you think you were ready for it you know do you think you were ready think, for for being an 18 year old at drama school do you know what there's like i can say i can say no because wouldn't everyone love to have done a gap year and done something and come back and been more wiser and you time is just like you always want more time but actually looking back i was just so i was ruthless because i i just didn't it's not that i didn't care i just didn't have any hang-ups about it i was like yeah i'll try that yeah i'll try that yeah i'll be the first to do that do do you know what I mean like I didn't ignorance is bliss like so it was sort of a bit of that and like yeah that can you know by second year if that's still going on well no that that won't really work do you know what I mean it won't work for a long amount of time but certainly when I first got there I think just I threw myself in the deep end and sort of rode the wave like um yeah, so I guess I guess yeah, ideally going at nineteen sounds sounds like you've got your shit together a bit more. But then would would I would I be the actor I am now or would I be the person I am now? You know? And like yeah. I met I met my my boyfriend at drama school and I'm still with him now. So you know, you, you just never know. So so I guess my overall answer to that is no, I'm glad I went when I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I mean, there, yeah, there was a dude. I think I am. There was a dude in my year. I did think he was he was very young when he came. He was 18, and maybe he could have done with just a couple of years, just 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 yeah. to, just to come into himself a little bit more because he just yeah sometimes got involved in needless um, uh, confrontations. Um, which yeah. I think if you're mature that you wouldn't have got into. But, you know, as I say, um, young men are, are that way inclined, whereas um, women aren't, Girls, aren't so not. confrontational. Yeah. I feel like where I'm from as well, Like I feel like I did a lot of my growing up really early, probably too early, like, you know, 16, 17. That felt like, I mean, looking back, I thought I was 21, like. So I think, like, <laughs> that has a lot to do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, when I think about people going when they're 21, in some ways I was in the same headspace as as them, like. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it, actually. And just, um, like, you're, where you're from, how that matures you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I can only speak for myself. I went when I was 20. I did a foundation at East 15, and, and that, was oh, yeah. really, that was really useful for me and what I oh, needed nice. because I was messy and ill-disciplined and I needed... I needed the tools to work on myself. Um, right, okay, yeah. And actually, like, when I rocked up at 20, like you, I was like, yeah, I know, yeah, I know some stuff. Yeah, 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 actually. And then 
you look back, I mean, I certainly look back now. I'm 32. I graduated. Oh, my God. Yeah. 10 years ago, coming up. And <laughs> oh, Christ, that's depressing. And and yeah. you go, wow, you you didn't know anything. You know, because really there's like... Yeah, of course. There's what you accrue at drama school and then there's actually doing the job and they are light yeah. years away from each other. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and also like being in drama school, you're just in that bubble of this Completely. is great and you're learning and you have so much security that you don't even realise at the time yeah. you have. And then you leave and you're like, and I, I got to say like Royal Welsh was an amazing school and it did prep you for for a lot actually for when you come out. But still, nothing really nothing really stings like when you come out and you're like, shit, <laughs> I'm working in a bar. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Am I going to move to London? Like, yeah, you suddenly are hit with loads of decisions that you've got to make and you, you've suddenly just got to be an adult, haven't you? And just grow up, like. You do. I mean, the, the yeah. big thing um, I say to young actors, I, I mentor a young actor now from Drama Centre. Oh, Center, yeah, nice. Yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm sure you're very talented right? Um, yeah. The thing you need to think about now is your side hustle because your side hustle, you need to, it needs to provide you with an income where you can live in London and, and not hate yeah. life. Because if you are earning minimum wage, pulling pints at a bar until 2am and then you've got to get up for a, an audition at 9am, yeah. you know, you're going to burn yourself out. You need something which is, is going to give you some form of... Um, for want of a better a word, inspiration. Yeah, a purpose yeah, that's yeah, outside absolutely. of acting. That yeah. actually you enjoy because um, yeah, fully. if you don't, then you're going to, honestly, you're going to have a miserable time and you're going to, you're not going to yeah. stay in the game very long. Yeah, I feel like I'm only really grasping that now and like I've been out of drama school like four years and I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now, and actually COVID has probably had a lot to do with that actually of just stopping and going, well, what do I do when it stops? Like, what I there is a world where I can be happy when I'm not acting. Like there there is yes. a world. I can create that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So yeah. and it's like, of course, like I worked in a in a pub for ages when I first graduated and I was on tour uh, touring or not touring and then working in the pub. Um but then but then you go, Well well, that's not sustainable, like you said, you know, if you go on audition the next day or whatever. Um yeah. So yes, it, yeah, it is. It's it's finding something that that gives you purpose and 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 makes you realize that acting isn't it isn't your life. Like you know, no. it's it's Completely. it's something that you do that's that's great. And and when you when you're in it, you can give it a thousand percent and love it and be obsessed with it. But when you're not, you can't keep mourning it. You have to you have to crack on and do your do your side hustle hundred percent. Absolutely, and it's a thing like yeah. people who don't don't act and don't understand it, who just think, um, "Where you just you know go from one job to the other, don't you?" Well, that's a very small um, proportion Absolutely of not. of yeah. actors, um, and there there is a thing. There's a sort of melancholy that comes over actors when they're like, "Oh God, I, I must not be a very good actor if I'm not working all the time." Oh, I should be acting because that's that's when I'm at my most happiest. But that's a yeah. real that is a real cul-de-sac of doom if you get into that and absolutely and it's and it's I'm, people are very well intentioned of course but you can spiral out an actor sometimes by going okay so what's next babes what are you doing now <gasps> and yeah just don't like <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't, just I don't mean, just say ask, it 
just ask how you are. How you doing? How's things? Yeah. Anything new? Yeah. Not not like how are you? What's next? Um, yeah, what's next? Or what have you been up to? Exactly. Like, what well, what have you been up to? Oh God, shut up. <laughs> Yes. Yes. If I want to tell you about my job, I'll tell you about my job. You know what I mean? But Completely. no, yeah. It's, that's, yeah, it's a very um, actor-centric thing, that, isn't it? But, you know. It is. It is. Well, look, um, this is obviously a dyslexia podcast, and, you know, of course, as ever, yeah. we're 20 minutes in before we get there. Um, but that's that's how we like it. That's how we like it. So um, talk to me about the role of dyslexia um, in your life. So... yeah. Was was acting a reprieve from it, um, you know, from from it from it being a struggle, or, um, you know, is is it there in the acting as well when you look at you know read a script or what have you? Yeah, I get. So I found out I was dyslexic when I got to drama school. Actually, um, so I went through the whole of school not having an not having a clue, and I mean, I I sort of I was always bad at English or whatever. Um, but I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia. And then when I got to drama school, um, we were doing a sight, re- um, sight reading lesson. That was it. And the the teacher, like, you know, she passes you the paper and you read the script. And she was like, oh, I think you might be dyslexic. I was like, what? She was like, yeah, I think you might be dyslexic. I'm going to get you a test. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Like, hadn't even heard that word chucked about, really. Yeah. And I was like, right, okay. And then I sort of had my test, and it was like um, through Cardiff Uni, and they do all sorts of, of stuff with you, um, literacy, memory, um, writing. And, yeah, it came back that I was I was dyslexic, and I was like, oh, my God, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I mean, I could. I was like, well, I don't, I've always known, like, I've struggled. Yes. I struggled in school, like, beyond belief. I was just so, I was below average for everything. Um, but, yeah, just to finally then have something that was like, oh, it's because of this. Then it suddenly wasn't, like, my fault. Do you know what I mean? I do, yes. Lots yeah, of dyslexic so, talk about that. When they get a yeah. diagnosis, it's a, there's a bit of a relief. There's There's almost, like... Oh, thank God, I'm not an idiot. I just thought I was stupid. Yeah, 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 it was that. And I just, I just so wished I had that test when I was at school because it just would have changed the game. Like, it really would have. Because, like, once, you've, once you have your test, they, you know, they, they send you a letter and they're like, you get um, 25% extra time in your exams. I was like, hmm, I don't sit exams. You get this, <laughs> yeah, don't need that. You get that, yeah. don't need that. Do you know what I mean? It was like suddenly I, it didn't, at that point, it didn't really affect me other than my sight reading. So it was like, oh, well, I really could have done with this five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't really know why I did that. It was never, it was never picked up. It was never talked of. Um, yeah, mad, like really mad. Well- do you think there was that support at your school? Did you see other people getting extra time um, or no, getting the option I, of using a computer in exams? Oh, no, none of that. No, it, was, it really wasn't. No one, no one ever said to me, oh, you know, you might need extra this or whatever. I always had, an ex- I always had a maths tutor outside of school. Um, I always just struggled with maths. Me too. Um, yeah, but then English... Yeah, no, nothing, nothing extra, 
nothing, nothing ever mentioned. I was just just a below average student, which you know, um, yeah. But crazy, really, that I that I went through school to think that I went through the whole of school, and no one no one ever flagged it. Mad. I feel like maybe that wouldn't happen now. Well, it's the the sad reality of 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 where the support is is it's very expensive to um, give support oh, yeah. to a dyslexic child, and yeah. invariably, so many people go without a diagnosis. They never find out, and they never they never get support. And it's a great shame because yeah. invariably, the way men deal with it versus the way women deal with it. I mean, you know, and I'm sure you'll know of, of guys who acted out in a classroom. Yeah. Well, that was me. Or, I acted out. I was a little shit. There we go. And was, was that so, as a result of yeah. you feeling like um, I'm not hearing this? Um, I'm struggling. Oh, it was a yeah, it was a complete it was a complete distraction. Like I I was always the one talking, I was always the one sent out to lesson, I was always the one that was, you know, up to I was the class clown. And I think it was well, you know, purely because I was just I had no A I had no outlet. There was no drama at my school. So what are you yeah. gonna do? I'm non-intellectual. And B, I was you know, I wasn't good at what I was doing. Like I wasn't yeah. I wasn't I wasn't at, you know, um excelling in in the subject so of course that's what's going to happen in it well completely i mean um forgive me if this is not the case but uh, quite often it's you have a sense of there's a normal and i'm not it you know there's there's a way yeah. people's brain works and so and so is getting it and i'm not and i i know i'm falling behind and it and it makes you feel small and it makes you feel like you know um you're not as good as somebody else. Yeah. It may, it, I guess school made me feel like that was the only way. Like you do your GCSEs, you do your A-levels and you become a teacher or you become, you know, or w whatever. And that was the only way because there was no, well, A, because I wasn't diagnosed dyslexic and I didn't have that extra help. And B, there was no drama, no creative outlet. Well, what are you going to do for kids like me who don't have that? Do you know? I, I wasn't, yeah. I didn't feel welcome to go back to my school and do A-levels. Absolutely. I feel like teachers would have turned around and laughed in my face, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was never going to happen. So then I was just like, whoa, wh where the, where the hell do I go now? But yeah, it would have been, would have been good to, to have that extra time in that exam. Like, <laughs> well, loads of the exams. Well, yeah, but it's, it's also a question of, I think, changing the way um, we look at different forms of intelligences and Absolutely. how people learn and, yeah. you know, really, really taking the time to see whether or not somebody is or isn't dyslexic because as a dyslexic person, you're actually classed as being blind. I don't know whether you knew that. Oh, my God, but, really? Yeah, so you're part of the blind community as well because it's, it's a form of word blindness. Oh, my gosh, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Whoa. And... And that sort of opens you up. If you are an empathetic person, you go, wow, okay. So there's a whole group of people in a classroom who are blind, effectively, and they're not being given support, and they're not even actually um, made aware of what they are. Yeah. You know, it's like being yeah. in a music lesson and being deaf or being partially deaf. Um, yeah, that's and crazy. It has, it has ripple effects. Like most people who are homeless have learning difficulties or are dyslexic. Yeah. Most people in prison are dyslexic. Or have some form oh. of 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 um, learning difficulty, and yeah. you sort of think to yourself, if 
those children were, when they were children, when they were diagnosed, would they have been unsocial? You know, would they have acted out in the way they yeah. did? It's far yeah. cheaper to look after children um, than it is to, you know, put a, an adult into prison. Is the reality far more yeah, expensive? Yeah, of course. God, I've never, I've never even thought about it like that. That's so, that's so mad. Well, that's the wonderful thing about doing this podcast is talking to people, you know, yeah, people who are far is. more informed than me, who are experts and understand it and have dedicated their lives to looking at learning for dyslexic people and dyspraxic yeah. people and people who are who have issues with maths is is they look at these stats and they they um they find out these are these are quite incredible things. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a sense you're you're out of school, you're mouthing off because um <laughs> <laughs> because you're overwhelmed and you're not getting it and, and, and things are a struggle. So maths are the yeah. thing that, that you're struggling with a lot. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think like maths, I was just, I just never, never got it. Never, never, never clicked for me. Um, even in primary school, I had a maths tutor. Um, and then, yeah, English, um, English was just the same. It was just always just a bit difficult. Like, died if someone picked me to read out loud. Died. Even though I was so loud, so confident, inverted commas. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And then and then for, for a teacher to be like, okay, can you read this bit? I'd be like, what? Oh, shit. And then you <laughs> just rush your way through it, mumble it all, and then it's done. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah. But I was always good at, I was always good at languages, um, it's good at Welsh and but yeah, maths and maths and English was the was the main thing of just going whoa, just alien to me or just felt you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, when does that transition for you? Because um, when I realised when I had acting because I did do drama at, at um, secondary school and I'm I'm so Ooh, thankful yeah. that I that we had it and we had um, school productions and um, that's what I I live for. When I found that yeah. thing. Uh, words stopped being the enemy; they became my friends. Because you know you got to you got to work on your lines, and you know you have to yeah. mold them and twist them and and do all those the kneading that you have to do with with words in order to prepare yourself for an audience. When was that? When did that transition from you for them? You know, them being your enemy into you know your friends. Yeah, I guess I guess it was. Um... I guess it was pretty late for me. I think it was probably like yeah, when I went to when I went to college and and started like reading plays and not books. Um yeah, I probably didn't even read a play till I was like in college, which is what, 17. So, yeah, I think it was it was then when I started to to read plays, study plays, talk about playwrights. Um that I was started to lose the fear I think is is yeah it was definitely less of a daunting thing to read a play or or to read a play out loud was less daunting than to read passage of the fucking bible yeah um, so because it, it made sense to me like when I when I read that although maybe struggle to read it sometimes there's a character on the page that I can that I want to empathize with or I want to bring to life yeah. so it was suddenly not about words it was then about you know doing my yeah showing my skill I guess yes um, yeah which then which then cha changed it um 
Yeah, mad to think about that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about um, love and your relationship with acting. It's obviously a big love in your life. Are there yeah. roles which stick out to you, which you love doing? Obviously, you talked about doing Sally Bowles, but there are other yeah. ones <laughs> that you that have left a lasting, you know, relationship. Because you know, for other other people, sometimes you do a it's a it's a job and it's just a job, and it's fun. But so you know, no two jobs are the same. There are ones that you yeah, love. Of because of the company or you love because of the character um yeah hit me with a few um, of those i think the first one that comes to mind is i did um a new writing play with paints plows roundabout season um not last year the year before i saw and you a... oh did you i did yeah oh, with, you, uh, you did it with chris chris uh, wilkinson or your jack is what he oh his jack name yeah, is. yeah yeah so I did, that was the first year I did it. And then I did it again the second year. Oh, um, okay. Three, three different plays. Um, and I played, that. I was in a play called On the Other Hand We're Happy by Daft James, who's a Welsh writer, an absolute babe. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I played this, this, this mother who um, was giving her child up for adoption or was having her child taken off her rather. Um, because she was um, had addiction issues, and I think yeah, I think that's she. I think like it's so wanky to say, isn't it, to think about <laughs> like parts or like characters as like people. Um, hey, I asked the question. Lots, I, this is like, what I want. Give I know, I know, but I feel like lots of maybe lots of people won't get that, but they do. They do really sit with you for months after you do the job. Um, of course. That's so yes, that yeah, exactly. Um, just just the level of empathy I had for that part, and the level of like trust I had in myself, um, to play her, and it was a big, it was a big, it was a big ask. Like she, it was um, it was not an easy part. It, I you know you had to a, a real journey through the play, um, yeah. and I was doing it for for nearly seven nearly seven months. Um, so it was wow. a big, big, big job, big, big ask. Um, and yeah, I absolutely loved it for that reason. I loved the play. It was about um, a husband and um, a wife wanting to adopt. And then they, you know, have all sorts of ideas of what child they want and who they want to adopt from. Um, and then they meet this m Welsh um, woman who, yeah, is struggling really. Um, where you meet her in the play, obviously she's given her child up for adoption and doesn't want that and massively um, has low self-worth because, of course, you don't never want to be in that position where your child's being taken away from you because of you. Um, mm. So, yeah, it was, um, it, was, it, was, it was an absolute joy to tell that story. And we took it to... Um, uh, we toured it around the UK and we went to um, local communities... And I felt like I found, I finally found the reason why I do it. And I found the stories I wow. want to tell. And I found the um, the people I want to tell them to. That's, it, it was just, it was just like a life-changing job for me. Because I was just coming out of drama school, doing jobs. Um, and, and of course, the jobs were amazing. I was learning all the time. But that job and that play 
completely directed me to go right yeah this is what this is what I want to do this these are the people I want to tell the story to these are the parts I want to play and yeah I want I want these people to hear it so yeah that that was that's my the love I have for that play is yeah massive love it I love it still vibrates even now um yeah it does it does so the was the other was the other piece you did was it daughterhood yeah daughterhood it, you, yes. oh yeah daughterhood was the the same year um, at the roundabout at the roundabout yeah which was another stunning play yeah was that with jack no jack jack was the year before um i did island town right yeah That's island it. town which yeah that was that was immense play um simon longman wrote that and it was um yeah, Gorgeous. that was that was a lush play as well. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was absolutely stunning. Um, oh yeah, and, it was, and it was written so well for that space. It was just yes. Yeah, it it really. Um, yeah, it was class. That play was. Yeah, for people who don't know, yeah. this is the roundabout um, in Edinburgh for the festival, and I think you guys went on with it didn't you? you toured it in a couple of places afterwards right yeah yeah we toured it around around um the uk in in like small small towns small communities um yeah so yeah yeah i the the i vividly remember the sort of lyricism that's in in the piece but also all of yeah. you guys the timings were so, i mean it was like you were all musicians oh, because yeah. i mean obviously the text has has it built in, but all of you served it so beautifully. You served um, that it had its own rhythm and tempo, and it and if yeah. any of you were out, it, it falls flat on its face. But all of you nailed it. Yeah, I mean, w there was definitely shows where one of us was out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it it was when you said like musicians. It some plays do feel like that, don't they? And I think they that's do. sometimes why like. It, it doesn't like doing a play or do yeah doing a play or reading a play doesn't feel like as scary or as daunting like with dyslexia because some of those pieces really do you find rhythm to them or you find like it is like being a musician <laughs> well that's i mean that's also the the wonderful thing about actors who have dyslexia is you'd see their performance and you wouldn't have a clue that they have some form of yeah. learning difficulty or word blindness. You know, watching your yeah. performance, I, I would have had no idea um, the struggles you might have got through in order to get there. And that's that's the point, yeah. isn't it? Um, it doesn't matter how you get there. I, I feel this very much when people sort of ask me, like, oh, what's the best drama school? Obviously, um, drama schools have different approaches. And, and I do believe there are certain types of actors who go to RADA or, you know, who go to a Royal Welsh or Drama Centre or wherever. But yeah. at the end of the day, I don't care how you get there as long as I believe your performance yeah. at the end of the day. I don't Absolutely. care how what your process is. And I mean, I, I hate to harp on about it, but the sort of, you know, the education system not, you know, finding out that you were dyslexic, uh, without your talent, your gift, which is acting, yeah, you, you might have been, you might not have found something. You know, you might not have found the thing that, that you could, you can give to, yeah. to the world and society. Have your outlet. Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm nannying an autistic child at the moment who has dyspraxia as well. And I think oh, wow. about that a lot because I I am now working with someone who has um, learning difficulties. 
But with with the knowledge I have of it or the empathy I have for it, I'm like trying to help him with that or like trying to find his like his thing that that he can, you know, do outside of school because he, you know, he struggles with math, struggles with English, like we all do at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite nice now to like to for it to be sort of like at peace with it or like I feel like weird saying behind me it's not behind me it's just a piece with it and like using it to give other people confidence or or mm. children like specifically um yeah. like I've been working with him and and to give him like confidence to be like well I'm I'm dyslexic and I'm here and look what I've done to 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 make them feel like they have a bit of hope do you know what I mean yeah completely to empower them yeah there's so much pressure on on young kids now um and it and it's good to it's good to have someone else that that they can see is is where they're at or has done what they've done or whatever and go oh okay I can I can recognize a bit of me in them and and I'll I'll be all right like yeah completely I mean yeah I'm very grateful personally I've said this before but very grateful that I knew I wanted to be an actor from from 15 14 because yeah so many people, I'm sure this is the same for you, at 18, people turn around or, or society turns around, parents turn around and say, okay, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah. And the reality is most people who are, don't have a vocation change careers three times in their life. Yeah. Just stop asking the question. Just don't ask. <laughs> just wait for them to figure it out. <laughs> I just feel like it's just pointless. What is the point in asking a 10-year-old boy what he wants to be? Because it's going to change. He's going to change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'll evolve and and and, the, and kids, yeah, it changes all the time. So you're not going to find, you're not going to find your vocation until you're, until you're way older and wiser and have learned more. Um, completely, completely. I mean, look, Alan yeah. Rickman didn't didn't pursue acting until he was forty two. Exactly. Brian Cranston was the same. It's yeah. um, yeah. You just you never know. You never know where life's going to take you. It's it's just a lot. It is a lot, as you say, to put on young people. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? You know, what what university do you want to go to? Do you want to <sighs> do you want to take on upwards of like fifty grand's worth of debt to pursue something? Yeah, um, I know. Because what if you change your mind? Because people do. You know, yeah. they get to university and they're like. I don't want to do business. I want to do, you know, architecture, whatever it is. Yeah, of course. But yeah, that's life, isn't it? Like I could change, I could change my career tomorrow. Could change my path. You can, you can do what you want. Um, <laughs> so I, I do, I do think it's pointless doing that to those kids at that age, or just putting kids under pressure at that age. Like, let's get rid of exams. Let's just fucking get rid of exams. <laughs> 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 Honestly, I'd be a terrible prime minister. <laughs> um, well, you speak more sense than this one. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm I, I'm passionate about making kids confident with with whatever difficulties or struggles they have. Like confidence is is key in a lot of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And is that is that is that what your side hustle is working with them? Um, yeah, it wasn't uh, kids. Like it's, yeah, when I first moved. It, to London um it was the pub and then I, I quickly got into nannying um and I've nannied like you know or babysat whatever um but when the the pandemic hit um yeah I started working with this child and I've been obviously schools have been closed so I've been homeschooling him well his, his lessons are like live but um just helping him with the day 
Um, yeah, so that is my side hustle. And I've actually like since since this pandemic hit, I've I've suddenly gone, ah, this is what I would be doing if I wasn't an actor. <laughs> this is like yeah. weirdly like living my my life I never lived. Do you know what I mean? Right. I um, see. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. And you sort of sit there every day and you're like, God, I could I could like, you know, earn a living. <laughs> yeah you know if I I did this um but yeah I I think I think like those two those two worlds can can come together like my skills I have as an actor as a performer I can you know bring them to that job and 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 um influence the the kids I work with in whatever way you know yeah, and isn't that wonderful that you can bring the best parts of yourself to bear, not only on your career, but also on, on something else as well, to improve people's yeah. lives? Yeah, absolutely. It's what it's about, isn't it? You can't go through this life not, uh, not going getting philosophical, you? but yeah, you do. You've got to give. You've got to give. You do, for sure. Yeah. I want to bring it back to love again. Um, have you got yeah. any heroes, whether or not they're actors or musicians, um, people any you in, who inspire you? Um, yeah, my my best friend, um, her name's Fionn. Um, I think she's my hero. She's a bit of a legend. Like we've been friends since we were like um in school. Um, and we've actually just moved in together in London. Um, so it's weird to suddenly then live with your your best friend from school. Um but yeah, no, she's she's definitely like massive influence on my life and yeah, I couldn't do without her, like I love it. I love it. And obviously, I feel like I've got to say my mother, like, of course. <laughs> like, you know, um, but yeah, yeah sorry, mum. <laughs> you don't You don't have to say your mum. You don't have to say your mum. I mean, you, no, equally, I you could say someone, you know, like a great actor or, or someone like that who's inspired you yeah, in terms I, of your career. Yeah, I don't, with actors, I don't know. I, it changes all the time. I sort of, I like... Um, That's cool as well. I like, yeah, new new people or like quirky people or, yeah, I, don't, I never, I never have like... Um, like an actor and, and when you ask that question an actor never comes to mind so interesting actually that is yeah. that is interesting yeah. yeah I mean yeah I mean for me it can change it's like when someone asks what your favourite song is or your favourite m- movie you want to tell them yeah oh, because it, yeah. it's different this week It because you know no two days are the same um, and that's very useful for an actor you know you can't just rely on one thing in terms of you know like an emotional process to, to get you to yeah. a certain place you have to check in with yourself and see what the weather is uh, internally on any given day. Absolutely. So, yeah. God, you're so wise. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, blagging. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's being an actor. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it It, it depends. I, I could ask you, like, this week, this week, what would be a film that you'd you'd want to watch that would, I don't know, inspire you or... Um, you know, make you feel good. Um, a film that would make me feel good. And um, my, like, oh my god, me and Charlie have like we've bought Disney Plus, and we because you know, like good lockdown purchase. happens, and every everyone's like, oh, I know, I'm gonna like just work on my craft, and I'm gonna upscale, and I'm gonna like learn all these accents and watch all these films. We've literally <laughs> downloaded Disney Plus, and we watched Monsters Inc. last night because sometimes you've just got to do that. And we watched Cheaper by do. the Dozen. We've watched all the Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i'd say i'd say go to things or like stuff like that like 
Um, yeah, Pretty Woman, that's a classic that you can just chuck on. And that's how, that's how I feel today. So maybe tomorrow I'll give you a different answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would. I mean, yeah. there's something to be said about, like, I, I love watching stuff to be nourished in a different way. You know, I, I feel like yeah. as an actor, you can watch somebody's performance, um, you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know, a play that was turned into a film or whether it is Monsters, Inc. And you can feel it yeah. nourishes you in a way like, like food does or like going to the gym because there's, you're seeing it in a different way. You're seeing it from the perspective of how did that person do that? How did they yeah. come up with that? Yeah, of course. That's this is why I miss the theatre so much. I just it yeah, just to just to sit there and and feel something live. That's that's so yes. it reaches you, doesn't it? Like whether it's good, bad, like long, short, it always reaches you in some way. And and you always I feel like I always come out to the theatre and I just want to like write it all down or like I just want to remember it or for for yeah. whatever reason, um, and I, and I've missed that that type of of nourishment, if that's the word. Um, that's the word. Yeah, which I I feel like I don't really get from from films or or even series. I just there's nothing there's nothing like it. There is nothing whether you're an audience member or a performer. There is nothing like that live buzzy electric feeling that you get from the theatre. It is. Like I got shivers. It's you know. It um, is complete. Well, that will um, hit me with your favourite things that you've seen play-wise. Um, oh God, put me on the spot. What's my favourite thing I've seen? You, I mean, um, don't give me one. Give me, give me four. Give me three. Yeah, I saw uh, Angels in America at the National. At the um, Nash, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Th- three, three sisters at, at um at oh, what's the bloody theatre called? <laughs> oh, the Almeida, of course. Um, yes. Three sisters in that. Yeah, yeah. No. What was the other one? Islington. That... Islington, sorry, yeah. Um, I just had Dance Nation. Oh, I saw that at the court. Was it the court? That might be yeah. Nile. Yeah. Um, that was st- stunning. Wicked play that was. And then I, I mm. finally, I, I was um, on the panel for Royal Welsh auditions, and everyone was doing those speeches. Because yeah. you just don't get really current, like new writing, cool speeches for women, and then suddenly you yeah. had this play where where um, there was plenty of that, and it was it was lush to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a wicked play. Yeah. God, it's been so long, hasn't it? It's yeah. been too long, too long for theatre. Definitely, but definitely. It shows that we all need it. You know, it's 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 something we've missed that I. I can't wait for it to start again. It's going to be tough. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't really know how it's going to work, to be honest. With with um, with the funding side of it, I mean, you know, with the audience not being um, socially distanced. I I saw in October, so in between lockdown two and lockdown three, <laughs> um, I saw um, living newspaper at the Royal Court, and it was like, oh wow, yeah. It was all, it, I mean, it was the newspaper. It was all about the current affairs. Um, and it was um, promenade and socially distanced. And they gave you this pack with, you know, uh, hand sanitizer and, and a mask. And it was all, it was done amazing. It, it was so good. Um, yeah. And that was, that was actually, because I went, I booked that show and I didn't want to go. 
I was like, I don't want to be part of this theatre scene where there's four people in the audience and COVID. And I was just a bit angry about it all. And I went and I felt like completely liberated because I was like, what am I on about? Like theatre is so political. It is so like about the, you know, what's happening now. Of course, we've got to talk about this in, in our theatres. Of course, yeah. we've got to, do you know what I mean? Like, And then suddenly oh, I just, could, you know, um, went with it. And and yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was hopeful. It was funny. It was, yeah, it was brilliant. Really, really good. So hopefully when when they open up, they, they'll do the next one because I think there was um, Living Newspaper 1 and then the edition 2 as well. Um, but yeah, proper, proper sophisticated stuff. Like, I love it. So yeah. I love it. I can, yeah. I can, I can feel... You're a theatre actor, aren't you? I mean, it's... it's I know. It's what, it's what you love. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's, yeah... Only through drama school and then and then graduating, I really I really found that out. To be honest, yeah, um, you were like, yeah. it's theatre. You, you, I'll do I'll do TV and film, sure, but theatre's my thing. Well, like I feel like TV TV and film funds it, and then you get to do your theatre. Do you know what I mean? So if I can carry yeah. on going like that, then then I'll be I'll be all right. But I definitely um I mean t- TV and film, it, you know, it can be amazing. Um, I just feel like it's harder to get that um get that high I guess um yeah yeah it's just for me anyway you know obviously there's 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 lots of tv actors that, that just won't even touch theater um it's all you know it's all relative to to who you are but yeah for me you just it, it's it's connection and and connecting with a, a massive group of people is there's n- like nothing more special I agree I agree I mean yeah. I love it all I love it all but I think yeah, some of my fondest memories of my career are, you know, when when you when you get that beautiful um, symbiosis of of uh, the company and the part and the play, when all those yeah. three come together, it's just nothing better. Yeah, and I've also like, yeah, I've not, ne- yeah, yeah, it's it's so true, so true. What's your favorite theatre you've worked at? Favorite theatre I've worked at. Um, yeah. Well, so the um, so I did uh, my first punch drunk show was uh, the Drowned Man, oh, um, at which was at a, a converted building. It used to be the post office sorting office next to Paddington Station, and there's a secret entrance from from the station into the building where they used to take oh, post. Cool. But it's it's where they planned the Olympics in 2012. So there's they were going to have a, a secret entrance through there, but anyway, it's it's what six floors. It was converted into um, 200 different rooms. It was set in 1961 in, in Hollywood, so there was a film studio lot, um, and there was a town, and there's a desert, and there's a forest. Oh, and Wicked. I mean, yeah, it was just it was insane. So I don't know if anyone knows about yeah. Punchdrunk's work, but basically the audience come in with a mask, and there's like 40 performers in the show, and you can follow each performer... Um, and they have an hour's worth of content. It repeats three times. So basically you could go like 15 or 20 times and have a different experience every single time you went. Um, and the how, idea how is was that as an actor? Like, did you find it like really, because I guess you're just repeating the, the, you're doing the show like loads of times in yeah. one night, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nuts because, yeah, I mean, during the second loop, so we call them loops, three loops total, 
you can be like, oh, if you're doing a double show, you're like, oh, wow, which loop am I in? Are we going into the third or are we in the second yeah. right now? Because there's yeah. a finale that ends the show where we all come together and we all bring the audience together. And um, and you can't, you, you, there were a couple of times where you just you just don't know. But because the audience can wander about and they can they can do almost as they like, you know, obviously um, when they when they can touch performers, the performers are in control, but essentially the audience are invisible. But they are, you know, they could well, because you're doing contemporary dance as well, you, you have to be alert to them the whole time. And they, they, they're basically, right. it's like a mixture of theatre and film because they can come close to get a close-up. You know, they are the camera, essentially, oh. so you have to think about it. And you have to move Ooh. them around and, you know, there's there's fights in that show and, you know, people are throwing baseball bats around and there's, you know, dancing going on. So you, you do have to, you have to be so in the moment. But it's a it's a yeah. buzz like like I've, I've never had because yeah, you, you just don't know where people are and you've, 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 they have to follow you around this building essentially because you move around. Sounds like um, Jess is Gatsby and what Charlie was in as well. So it's, I mean, not the same thing, but yeah, the promenade aspect of it is, uh, yeah. is crazy. Yeah, I mean, with them, you know, the difference is that Gatsby, you, they, the audience are part of the show. Okay, you know, they're, I see, they're, yeah. They're a party goer and yeah, actually, they're a character, actually you improv yeah. with them and they, they actually have, they sort of have an effect on the narrative, whereas you don't have an effect. You're sort of like a shadow or a ghost for a punch drunk show, you know? It's part of the mask actually um, uh, frees you up, whereas I feel like sometimes people go to Gatsby yeah. and if you're not if you're not up for it, you're going to have a miserable time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they, they dictate how that show is going to go, whereas I yeah. guess with yours, you, were, you have complete control still, which is really you nice. Do. Yeah. You do. Um, and it's 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 it's, all, it's like a silent movie, really. You have you have one on ones essentially. So like, you if you follow my character, there's a point in my loop where I can yeah. see you take your hand, and I can take you into a room, and I can I tell you a story, and and there's all sorts of things around it. Um, yeah. I don't want to reveal the secrets, but it's a special experience, and only only what six seven people a show would be able to get that out of the six hundred people who are in the show. Wow. Um, but it's, it was nuts. There were there were times when so we we you know we warm up together, and yeah. of course it's dancers mostly, so they they properly warm up. You know, not not like actors who have a quick fag and maybe a stretch. <laughs> they they have to warm up. Um, yeah, and then we get the sort of drill like okay, let's let's focus on this today or that today, and we'd always be told who was in because invariably yeah. they might have security issues. So Madonna was in once. Kanye West come in and Madonna. What? Madonna came with her bodyguard, right? Um, and we were told, okay, she likes she, she likes one on one. She's seen the show in New York, so she's cool with that. And uh, Sam, he played the character, the studio boss, and he has this amazing one on one where he take you into this room, and he'd basically assess whether or not you could be a star in Hollywood. Oh and my gosh. the whole thing ends up with him taking an orange segment and shoving it into your mouth, and his eye. What? He 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 put he he pulls his face as close to your face as he can possibly get, like eye to eye, and you imagine like he has this whole one on one in his office to Madonna, saying, "I don't think you know what makes a star in this business. I know what makes a star in this business," and then shoves this orange into her mouth, 
and says, no, you're not a star. That to Madonna. is amazing. I'd love to have done that. <laughs> yeah, so good. And then wow. we had Andrew Garfield came in and guested in the show as a character. Oh, and um, Florence from Florence and the Machine, she came in and she no, she no. did that one-on-one. So like Sam would select an audience member as if he was going to take them in to do a one-on-one himself, but actually he closes the door on them and it's actually Florence Welch who, who's doing the one-on-one. Whoa. So you had little things like that. It was, And then yeah. um, Aaron Paul came, you know, the dude who plays Jesse from oh, Breaking from Bad. Breaking Bad, of course. And he was just there oh, for a week. He just, he just watched the show every day for a week. Oh my gosh. So you just didn't know. With that job, yeah. you didn't know what was going to happen and the company was, was incredibly tight and I... I did another job with them in Shanghai. And again, because because the company is so tight and the work is so, it's it's really tough on your body as well because you've got to dance for three hours. You've got to move for three hours. Yeah, that's You've got to be on it for three hours. You're on stage the whole time. So it's, yeah, it's just tough, tough, but amazing. So, so um, special. Yeah, Um, yeah. I want to finish on roles you'd like to play in the future you know aspirations what you'd want to do perfect casting it doesn't matter whether it's you know um been and gone a film or a tv show or theater whatever it is yeah hmm good question i feel like i don't i feel like i nothing i don't have anything that comes to mind because i like to keep it like um like, I don't want to go, oh, I want to play. Like, I have the aspirations of I want to do, like, do something different or do, do uh, play a part I've never played before. But to say, like, a character in a play, I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't even want to go there. Like, I feel like I just, I just want to, I just want to tell stories and I just want the right people to hear the stories. Um, and I guess artistically, I want to push myself by 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 playing parts that are, that are really far from me, I guess that's my answer. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I think is that a cop out of an answer? <laughs> no, it's not. You know, it's not. No, I love it. Yeah, I just I love it. Sometimes I I think like the thrill isn't for me. The thrill is like in the company or for the audience or the story. Um, I think is more more it, and 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 I can and that can be anything. Like I can play the smallest part, but if that story is important, and the, and that story is saying the right thing to the right people, I'm in it. I'll I won't have a single line. I I don't care. Like yeah, I think that's I think that's my answer. Does it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me what what it is, what the what the part is, or or um or yeah, it w- it would just be to reach the right people and tell the right story. That's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. Charlotte, thank you so much for giving us your time. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. No, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers. You have been listening to Words Fail Me, a podcast about thriving with dyslexia. With me, Jude Monk McGowan. My guest today was the actor, Charlotte O'Leary. This podcast was funded by the National Lottery Community Fund. There are more conversations in this series. 
Just search Words Fail Me, a podcast about thriving with dyslexia, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And if you want to support the charity or access its many services, go to dyslexia-help.org. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please go rate, subscribe, and leave us a little review. It really helps us grow. Thank you.